Scotty, how are you? Hi, Connie. It's so good to see you. I'm well. I'm very good. well. Good. Yeah. I'm actually a little busy right now because I am planning for March. Can you believe it? I'm planning for March for the end of March at the New York Auto Show. I'm going to be leading some tours for consumers who want a sort of behind the scenes, behind the velvet rope kind of experience uh, to see the New York Auto Show. And our guest today also is leading some tours at the New York Auto Show. Our guest is Kelly Stumpy of The Car Mom. That sounds really, really fun. What an exciting job and exciting for some of her followers and consumers to get to do the car tour with her. And with yeah. you, yes. And with me. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see more women. There's also a woman named uh, Kristen Lee from Motor Trend who's going to be leading a tour. And then there's two other gentlemen, Paul Eisenstein and Aaron Gold, who will be leading tours as well. So a, a really good group of tour guides this year. I do it every year. And I love doing these tours because I get to spend time with, it's about a two hour tour, but if you are on my tour and you want to go longer and you want to see more, I'm with you till you till you're tired and you want to leave. <laughs> so, till you're done. Till you're done with me. I didn't even know that they offered that. So I think that's really fantastic for consumers that want to get the most out of going to the auto show. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. It is amazing. And I think though it'll be great for Kelly. And Kelly also has some uh, great insight on car shows and her own right. And with that, let's um, start the conversation. This is What Drives Her, the podcast about women who are changing the automotive industry from the inside. And today's guest is Kelly Stumpy, the car mom. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Scotty. It is so good to see you. It's been a long time since I've seen you in person. I know. I had a baby. I was pregnant, I think. I think you were, I was just going to say, I think you were pregnant and you've had a baby and he's like coming he's up on a year old. Yeah, he's almost a year old now. I know. I know. Well, congratulations on your third. I have to say Thanks. your family is adorable and your kids are so great at smiling for the camera. You have taught them well. They, they turn it out for that for sure. They do. They are adorable. Um, so three kids, You, ha I believe you have just made the transition from an SUV to a minivan. Did you do that? Um, yes. Yeah, so and now I'm back to an SUV. <laughs> you are. Tell yeah. me what happened. Well, so my situation is a little unique. My family owns car dealerships in St. Louis. So I've always never owned a car. I've always just driven demos and during the pandemic, when inventory was tight, I did more of like a, a long-term demo solution. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's so unique to my situation. And it's such a privilege that I get to drive all these different cars. Um, but when I had my third, I was like, I can't be switching out of these cars as, as so often. So I, I've been keeping my demos for a little longer. I drove a Ford Expedition for almost a year. And then I drove a Kia Carnival for a few months. And now I'm in a Chevy Tahoe. A Chevy and, Tahoe. Yes. And... I liked the minivan. I didn't love it though. I don't think it's for me. I think I like to be in an SUV. Why? So before we get to our topic, mm -hmm. why an SUV versus a minivan? What is it about you and what is it about that lifestyle that appeals to you or that works for you versus a minivan? Yeah, well, 
and I, you know, I always say never say never. Like in the minivan was, I mean, it's hard. To, it, it, it was very functional and I liked being able to, like my favorite thing about it was being able to remove one of the second row seats for really good third row access. But I also feel like for the age of my children, my kids are so young, they're four, three and 10 months that they are not old enough to like really get in and out of the cars themselves. So I felt like what, how everyone like loves the sliding doors because like the kids can get in and out. I'm still like lifting up my three-year-old and putting her in her car seat and buckling her. So I didn't really feel like I had that benefit for this phase of my life. Um, and I also just like how I feel when I'm in an SUV. I dropped my kids off at school and then I didn't really like love driving around in a minivan. I just, I'm a kind of a car person and I like a little bit more performance. So if I, I'm not against it, I would drive, I would drive one again. I also didn't love the Kia Carnival as much as I thought I was going to love it. Um, and mine had a, quite a few problems, actually. I kind of had to be in and out of the shop a lot for things that were like fine and covered under warranty. But I, I haven't like really fleshed out like a really like a really good, like politically correct answer other than just really wasn't for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's totally fair because I think a lot of people um, find that they're either a minivan person, like all okay. the conveniences far outweigh the performance and the you know ride height and that kind of thing in an SUV and then other people are like just can't do a minivan just can't do it no. but um you know you mentioned that it, there were things that had to be fixed and it was under warranty and uh that always kills me because it's not whether I mean under warranty is nice but it doesn't pay for your time no and it's, I mean, I, I, I really always sympathize with families when they have cars that have troubles because it's also not as simple as like picking up any rental car that's available. Like I have three kids in big car seats. Like I just can't do, I, I need a, I need a bench or I need a three row SUV. So it is, um, you, reliability on a family car is like one of the most important things because there's nothing worse than not having a, you know, a reliable car for your family. So true. So true. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what we're here to talk about. And that is car shows. So <laughs> you are announcing, you have just announced that you are going to be leading a tour at the New York Auto, the International New York Auto Show. Yay. Well, I will be leading a tour there as well. Actually, I think I'm signed up for two or three at this point. Um, and we'll, we'll see. They'll make adjustments on the schedule. But we are both on the schedule to lead tours at the 2024 New York International Auto Show. Yay. I'm so glad to have you um, join the tour guide group. Yeah. Um, what are you going to be talking about in your tour? I am so excited to have the opportunity to take some of my followers and audience around the, the New York Auto Show in a very private tour. I am such a fan of auto shows. I think that they are such a great one-stop shop for families to see so many, so many different types of vehicles. I mean, as someone who grew up in the dealership world, like I know how long it takes to like just see the trunk of one Toyota Grand Highlander. It's going to take you 45 minutes, a salesperson giving them your license. Like it's just a whole to do. So the fact that you can go to one spot and see all these cars and really easily compare them, I think is so important. So I am excited to hear from, I'm really going to personalize the tour to the people that we have. Um, and I'm going to show everybody my favorite cars and I'm excited to get my followers in these different cars and really talk them through the importance of, um, forecasting how the car is going to work now and how it's going to work in six years. This is something that we talk about on my platform a lot. And it's the importance of forecasting how your family is going to grow. So you, for example, if 
we look at someone like myself, I have three kids under the age of five and I love my Chevy Tahoe with a bench. But by the time I have a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, it'd be a fourth kid. Like, is that still going to be the car that's going to check my boxes? And how would the car function by the time my kids are all on booster seats? How would that function by the time I'm doing, you know, carpooling or if I add a fourth? So I'm excited to really take the families through not only their current um, car seat setup and situation, but the future as well. And so let's talk about, um, let's talk, let's dial back a minute and talk about you. And you said that you mentioned that your car is in, your family is in the car business. So before you had kids, you worked in auto sales, you worked in the family business. What was that like? And what did you learn about automotive sales? Yeah, I started selling cars in 2016 and I fell in love with it. I think that selling cars is one of the most fun jobs you can have. I love the thrill of a car sale. I loved connecting with people. And I liked being there for people making these really big, but also fun decisions. I think something that a lot of salespeople even forget about buying a car is it's exciting to buy a car. People are excited. They're there to buy a brand new car or, or a brand new car or a new to them car. So although there's a stigma around, you know, what it's like to sell cars and be a salesman and the car buying process sucks, it also doesn't. Cause like at the end of it, you're going to get a new car. So I really just took to it. I really enjoyed it. I did it for about two years. And I, of course, like loved being able to connect with like the women and the first time car buyers the most because I could just really relate to them. It was interesting. I was actually, I actually sold at a BMW store. Um, and I definitely sold more used cars than new BMWs because I just didn't have that in common, like with the clientele, like you know, I'm 23 years old. I can't, I didn't really connect with this 60 year old man on his fifth five series. I'm like, Hey, you want to buy this Jeep Wrangler? I think it's awesome. Like I had a lot more fun in the used car in used car sales than new car sales. Um, but I, I just loved it. And then how did you make the transition to the car mom? Well, um, it kind of happened pretty naturally. So I was, you know, selling cars and I, me and my husband wanted to start a family and you know, it's, the hours of the car business are really tough. The hours of any retail job are really tough. You know, like you have to work Saturdays, you have to work in the evening. That's when people can come buy vehicles. And I just remember thinking, gosh, I'm just so sad because like I want to be a mom so bad, but I also want to sell cars. And I just like hate that cars and motherhood like don't really mix like that for me. And at this time, all of my friends were becoming moms and I was on all these mom Facebook pages and they were always asking, what's the best mom car? What's the best mom car? And my friends were asking me, hey, what do you think of this car? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, what, what do we think of these cars? What is the best mom car? Um, so I just kind of looked at the, the, the privilege that I had of six used car lots to pull from and the fact that I was a mom. And I said, okay, I think I'm just going to like try to give mothers a first look to see some of these cars so they don't have to spend their entire day at a Toyota dealership trying to find out what the trunk looks like of the Grand Highlander. I just kind of wanted to streamline that process a little bit. So I just started very casually posting on Instagram. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. Well, your Instagram is awesome. Love you. your car mom, uh, tours. And, uh, you can also find Kelly on, uh, YouTube and then on her website where you actually break down all this information to make it searchable and researchable, which is really nice too. Yeah. So, um, what, what's ahead though, of uh, uh, what is what is it that you still want to accomplish with the car mom? You know, it's a really good question. Um, I have 
so many goals I want to accomplish. I ultimately want to just make the car buying process a lot easier for families. I want to empower women through the process. I want to empower dealers through the process. But I'm also kind of in the phase of my life where I'm trying to keep my head above water. I have three young kids. We probably want one more maybe. So I think right now it's all about good continued growth, good continued relatable content. Um, but as far as like major business moves, I'm kind of on hiatus for that for right now. So, you know, we have like, of course, some goals, like we want to, you know, hit a certain follower count and a certain, um, you know, podcast downloads. But really for me, it's just really building an audience and a community that when I have the time and the headspace and the resources to like maybe make like a really big move, I'm able to do so. Well, I know whatever you do will be fantastic because you, you're, you're one home run after another, Kelly. Oh, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. One of the ama amazing things that you've done, another home run, is the Car Mom Car Show. Oh, yeah. That's so really you've done two of them? Yeah, we just, we had, we've done two auto shows. And the idea was, you know, similar like to what the New York Auto Show does, just making a really fun family friendly place for everyone to come see these cars all in one spot. So we started out like the first year we started out small. We just did it like at my family's dealership. We basically just like unlocked the keys to a lot of used cars. I had a couple of vendors come in and it was, it was fun, but it was casual. And then this next year, this, this past year, we blew it up and we rented an, we rented an ice skating rink that was closed for the off season. So we were able to bring 30 different family cars inside to make it look like literally like a mini auto show. And then we had a ton of fun kids activities, food trucks. We install car seats in all the cars so that parents can get a really, a really good look at, you know, how that would actually function. We have strollers there on site. Um, we do a fundraiser with um, safe kids all about like, you know, keeping kids safe in their cars. And it's just like, it's a really fun event. So, you know, I guess you could say a long-term goal is to maybe take that on the road in some capacity. But for now, if you want to go, it's in September in St. Louis. Then we're just going to kind of keep keep it there to make it easier. Well, congratulations on that. I can't even imagine how much work that must be. But yeah. it's so valuable. Did it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And so let me ask you about the, the results of the event. Um, what was the attendance like? Uh, we sold about 2,000 tickets. Wow. Yeah. And, and the, the craziest part was just like meeting my followers who were like, hey, I came from Maine. And I'm like, from Maine? What? All the, we had someone come from Washington State. We had someone come from Hawaii to like to come to this little car show. So it's it's very humbling. And I'm so grateful for my for my loyal, loyal audience. Um, and I hope they found it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And so what do you think people really got out of the show um, in terms of um, what they learned. Yeah. What, what I think was really interesting about last year versus this year is last year, it kind of felt a little bit like a car mom meet and greet. Like people were very much there to meet me this year. I have never seen so many pregnant women in my life. These people were car shopping. Like it, they were there. Everyone who was there was car shopping. Everyone brought their husbands and there were lines to like get into the vehicles to look at them. So it was so fun to hear like, you know, the cars that surprise people, the cars that people were disappointed in and just like truly like to me, very valuable information for kind of where everyone, what everyone thinks of the cars. That's incredible. And so I know you said you had some vendors and some partners. Did that include car companies? Did car companies 
um, bring their demo models or was it really all from the dealerships, local dealerships? Good question. We reached out to every manufacturer and honestly, I was a little disappointed in some of the responses because it is just, it's very hard to rely on the local dealers, especially with the inventory levels still not being to where they were. We had a few manufacturers send cars. So I was very grateful to Mazda for sending cars, uh, Chrysler, uh, Jeep, and uh, Chevy really surprised us by bringing us several vehicles and they brought um, a Yukon, they brought a Buick and Vista and they brought the new Traverse, which was the first auto show that the Traverse was at, which was very exciting. Wow, that's pretty yeah. big. It was really big. They like showed up with like a big trailer, like they had a handler, like no one was, I wasn't even allowed to drive the car cause like it hasn't even been like really, really out yet. Um, so the Traverse being there was really cool. And I was so grateful to the local dealers in St. Louis because they really did like show up and show out and bring their very best cars. And in a way it is fun to have local cars there because although we had people travel, so much of the attendance is local. So it's fun to be like, oh, you like this Lincoln Aviator? Like here's a QR code. And we had QR codes on all the cars that linked directly to the dealer's website. So you could inquire about the car, see the price of the car, see any more information. So in a way it's kind of fun to have the local cars. Um, there, the only car that I was really bummed we didn't have, well, I couldn't get Honda to send any cars and we couldn't find any, we couldn't find any new Odysseys in St. Louis. And like to be the car on auto show and not have a Honda Odyssey did not feel right. So I found a used 2020 and that's the Odyssey that we had. But I think, it, but people also said they really appreciated show, like seeing some used cars and some different price points there. So it all worked out. Yeah. Well, you can't have everything. And not every show, every auto show has every car. Well, in the I, world. I mean, Honda doesn't even go to some of the other auto shows. So I'm like, look, I at least got some here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And um, a, a lot of times if you go to an auto show and you'll see, you know, there's a big display of Toyotas and that might be yeah. Toyota National. And then you might see a display of BMWs and that might be the local BMW dealer bringing cars in. So you never really know how that shakes out in the auto show world is changing tremendously. Yeah. And uh, so congratulations on that. Yeah. And um, so let's go back to talking about the New York Auto Show, because I think that something that they have done that's really important is finding different ways to connect with consumers who are shopping for a car. Uh, and th so that's why these tours are so great, because we can really answer those questions. And then they also have product specialists on staff at, at each exhibit that will tell consumers whatever they need to know about these cars without trying to sell them a car. They're not salespeople, they're product specialists. But um, what do you think that consumers should take away from an auto show? What, what are the things you should look for when you attend? I think it's a, I really think it's such a unique opportunity to compare cars so closely and so quickly, because that's just truly not that's very hard to replicate outside of all the cars being in one arena. So I would really encourage people to, you know, have their short list ahead of time. Like, what do you want to see? And also realizing that while an auto show is helpful, I don't think it should be the final decision maker. I think you need to see the car on and drive it. But I think it can definitely take a list of five to maybe a list of two or a list of 10 to a list of four. So I think you can definitely, you know, really, um, really, you know, narrow down your, your vehicles. Um, but I think really taking that time to be like, okay, I'm so interested to see like how much different the third row legroom of the Grand Highlander versus the Kia Telluride is. And the fact that like you can like do that within five minutes of each other is like something like 
that's why I like going to auto shows as like someone who does videos because it's just such an easy way to quickly compare and contrast them. And, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. Like there are so many specs that they put out there and so many like inches of leg rooms and cubic feet of clearance. And it just doesn't mean anything to me. Like it is all about how the face, how the space functions for you and for your family. So I think I also, I would encourage families to really just like, you know, put everyone in every seat, get in the third row, see how the third row access works and focus on that trunk space a lot and really, really determine if that's, that's going to be enough for you. I think you're right. I think you really need to look at that cargo space because it'll, you're right. They say, you know, 23 cubic feet of cargo space, but if you have huge wheel wells and you have a sloped roof and you can't get any, you know, you're, stroller won't fit in there or your card table, whatever it is, won't fit in there. Um, 23 cubic feet doesn't really mean anything if it's, it's cut up in a way that's not. Yeah. not someone, someone once explained like cubic feet to me in a really helpful way. And it was like, it's basically like how much water they could fill the car up with. So that's like including every nook and cranny of the car. And it's like, that doesn't mean it can fit your stroller wagon. Like, right. let's just get that. And same thing with, um, I always, I, Car seat clearance is like a really big topic of discussion on my page because I'm a tall driver. I'm about six feet tall and rear and I have rear facing kids. At one point I had three of them. It was chaos. So when you have a, a child who's still in a rear facing car seat and you're tall, like that, that second row leg room matters for reasons of not who's sitting there, but what the clearance is like. And the problem with how a lot of these manufacturers spec out their leg room is a lot of what the seat depth has to do with how much leg room they're qualifying for. But like, so a very shallow seat might have more leg room, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have any better car seat clearance. So I think it's just, unfortunately, like if I could give it, if I could rate cars on paper from biggest to smallest, I would, but it's just not that simple. No, it's funny. Some of the smaller SUVs actually have better, um, uh, better access to put installing car seats yeah. and better room for rear facing car seats. That's something that we've started to look at quite a lot since the CDC revised their recommendations on um, how long children should be in a rear-facing car seat. And you're starting to see, you know, all these SUVs are much larger now. And that's a big reason why are those rear-facing car seats. So when you go to an auto show and you have kids in car seats, what do you look at? How do you assess an SUV for a minivan for car seats? Yeah, well, I... I really prioritize a car that gives families options because every, like, like I said, not only does every family look different, but also a family's ownership of a car is going to look different. So when I have cars that, so, so I like, like, for example, I love the Ford Expedition because the Ford Expedition has lower anchors in five out of the six seats and tether anchors in all six seats. So that means I can put a car seat basically in any seat that I want to. And I like that flexibility, one, for the number of kids I'm going to have, but also for just how it's going to fit my lifestyle. Like, for example, my young, my oldest just started preschool and we do have to do a drop-off. He has to be on the driver's side because that's where the drop-off is. So if I, if there are some cars out there, I'm not going to put one on blast, who won't put tether anchors on the driver's side in the third row. So like, that's frustrating to me because that's where I would like my child to sit and that seat's not available for him. So it's, really, or if I ever wanted to bring a friend or another kid with him, if I wanted to have more kids. So it's not just like what's going to work now, it's what's going to work later. So I like to make sure everyone has the appropriate hardware. And I think the hardware is a very easy thing for manufacturers to put into place. I think there's no excuse for them not to have it, honestly. So in your in the Tahoe, though, are there lower anchors in the third row in the Tahoe? No. no. And so 
do you use uh, the third row for car seats? So lower anchors are one of those things where you don't need to have them. Every car seat can opt for a seatbelt installation. However, there's some um, there's some car seats that prefer them. So my preferred car seat for my child, based on that he's a tall kid and it's whatever, it's the car seat that I want to use. Um, they require a latch and seatbelt installation. It's one of the only car seats that allow both. I couldn't do that in the Tahoe. So luckily I have a Tahoe with a bench that has three, three sets of lower anchors across. But a car like a car that's interesting to me, and it's not, I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad car, but I'm just saying if you look at the Toyota Sequoia, that's a full-size SUV. That should be a car seat machine. No, it doesn't have tether anchors on the outboard seats in the third row. So that means I only can put my oldest in the middle seat of the third row, which means I have no visibility, which means I can't put down a portion of the third row, and it doesn't do anything for my for my drop-off. Like, it's just, it's to me, that's just frustrating. Right. Right. And then, you know, then there are the, the fold and flip seats drive me and crazy. Fold and, flip. and I also hate that car. Not hate that car. I hate that about that car because I really prioritize or I like to prioritize cars that give flex leg room flexibility by being on tracks. So when you get that fold and flip kind of, kind of um, third row access, you can't give any more leg room to the second or third row. So also like I, in the Toyota Sequoia, I have so much wasted space because I have, it's a huge car and I have so much car seat clearance and I would love to give more leg room to the third row person and I can't. I feel like every time I see an SUV with fold and flip center row seats, I feel like, oh, yeah. It's because it, you, you, if you have anything in that seat, if you have, you know, a kid's car seat or whatever, um, you have to take it out to fold and flip drama. to get into the third row. No I, I just don't love that. No, yeah, I don't love that. I would also, you know, have families really um, spend time to prioritize what those second and third row amenities look like. I think I, to the manufacturer's credit, they are doing so much better at not treating third row passengers like third class citizens anymore. And we finally have sunshades, ceiling vents, USBs, cup holders, but just making sure like there's, there's enough for what everybody needs because families spend so much time in their cars and you know, you're also asking me to put my most precious cargo in your third row. And it's like, you couldn't give me a cup holder back there. Right. So I'm, I'm happy to see more and more people, more and more manufacturers prioritizing those second and third row. So I think that's huge. Air vents, air vents in the third row are just like to see a third row that doesn't have an air vent. Um, is like, just, that's a, that's a, a cross well, out off the list. I think well, it's just like, what kind of, it, it really just, irks me because I'm like, what kind of message are you trying to send to families? And I'm like, if you didn't even think about their comfort, you think about their safety, did you really think about their safety? Like, was that really prioritized? And also like proper, you know, it gets hot and like proper ventilation is very important for these kids and these car seats are hot. Remember being a kid in the back seat and yeah. it like 20 minutes for it to cool off and you're rolling down the window and your mom's going, yeah. don't do that. You're letting the air conditioning out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we, we're we're beyond that. We're beyond that. No, and it, um, uh, looking at car seats, kids' car seats, and and um, and auto shows, I uh, wonder: is there any specific thing other than bringing your own car seats to the auto show with you, which nobody wants to do? Um, if you're going to an auto show and you've got these car seats, you like like your car seats, you spend a lot of time buying them, your kids are comfortable in them and you don't want to replace them, you're replacing the car. Are there any specific things that you think people should look for? Well, see, that's such a good question. And it's 
I get that question a lot. And it's kind of like the chicken and the egg of it all. Like, I know you don't want to replace your car seats, but you're going to take a car off your list because you don't want to spend $500 in car seats and you're going to go up $50,000 on a new car. So I actually think it's more important to pick the car first. Mm -hmm. um, and there are so many new car seats that have recently come out that, I've, that I'm very impressed with. Um, that that offer a lot of good flex that that offer a lot of good flexibility. Like now every for for a while, not every manufacturer, not every car seat manufacturer had a slim seat. Now everyone has a slim seat. Now everyone has extended rear facing weight limit. So like there, the car seats are getting a lot better. There's definitely still some ones. I don't want to say to avoid, but that it's important to think through. But I would really encourage you to to pick the car. And then if you if your current car seats don't work, then it's very easy to schedule to schedule a consultation with a CPST and they'll tell you exactly what car seats to get that are going to fit in your car. Like, for example, I I was recently working with a family. It's a very tall husband, like six, seven rear facing kids. Not a lot of not a lot of um, what car were they in? I don't remember what car they were in, but it was not a very big one. And they had a even flow revolve 360 slim, which is a very large car seat front to back like the re reclines just very steep and we ended up getting them a Graco extend fit which is one of the most compact car seats front to back and then like the husband had plenty of room so like also it's before you also like jump the gun and like buy a new car i think it's important to assess your car seats um and see if that's that that's the easier thing to switch out yeah that i would say it's I think you're totally right. I think you're totally right because the car is a much longer commitment. It's and, much longer, yeah. And it's easy, and it's easier to change your car seats. Just budget an extra few hundred bucks for a car seat. Uh, exactly, but but I do think you know it's. I I think it's those key things like looking looking for um, what the third row axis is like. I mean, I'm sure you know, but I'm a really good fan. I'm a really big fan of of a car seat friendly tilt. I love when vehicles have a. And if anyone is going to the auto store and wants to check one out, the Volkswagen Atlas has a great one. So it actually tilts yes. the whole seat. I think that's stellar. I think being on tracks is important. Um, you know, I also think it's important to make sure headrests either don't are removable or don't um, aren't like too much at an angle. If you want to look at a horrible example of a headrest, you can look at the Chrysler Pacifica third row specifically. Um, and that's just like something I would kind of think through. But besides that, like, I mean, there's not a car, there's not at least a mid-size, full-size or minivan SUV that can't accommodate car seats yeah so, yeah so the good news is it's like go have some fun like let's look at something else like so how do you feel on the like how do you feel in the driver's seat like i can figure out your kids you decide sometimes yeah. that's the harder part and then you know then you can think about those cars that are not so great for the flexibility like the uh sequoia for the moment when everybody's in a booster or voila no car seats and then you can just have the fun car. And I've also, we've, we've been talking a lot about this on my platform, and I think it's a really important message to share. It's um, it's look at your vehicle's ownership. So like if you're looking for a car to get you through the next six years and you're like, gosh, with these three kids in car seats, these first two years are going to be really tight. But then we're going to love this car. Well, then don't buy, like then buy the car and have two inconvenient years. Like I don't need to tell any parent this. It's hard to get kids in the car regardless. Like whether you're in a Toyota Prius or a Honda Odyssey, someone's still crying, someone's still throwing a fit. It's just difficult. So I also don't want families to to buy cars for really small windows or seasons of their life, you know? Right. And if you do, think about leasing. If think about leasing, think about buying pre-owned. Like I think that's still so slept on. Um, 
they depreciate slower. You can get out of them sooner. Like someone else's kids tore them up first and you're not going to have that anxiety of like, there's a goldfish. Like there was already a goldfish. It's fine. Um, and, and I think like, a you know, people, at least my audience sometimes gets confused between like, but the auto show has new cars and like I'm shopping used. So I think it's important to be really familiar with the body style changes because things might look a little different on the interior. They might have a different trim on the outside or something, but like, if you like the Volkswagen Atlas, between 2019 and 2024, they look a little different. They function the same for a family. So I still think it's, even if you're in the used car market, I still think auto shows are helpful. Just be really be really mindful of when body style changes were, not like facelifts. But like the Honda Pilot would be a great example. Like a 2019 Pilot is not going to look like the Pilot that's at the auto show. Those are different cars. The Traverse, same thing. Atlas, Palisade, Telluride, those are all going to look the same. They're, they're all going to function the same. Yeah. Well, you just named about five of my favorite cars. <laughs> so, but I do love my SUVs. I do love my SUVs. Kelly, thank you so much for being here on our podcast, our new podcast, and uh, answering some questions. And um, New York Auto Show tours will be on March 28th. Is that correct? Uh, hold on. I have it right here. <laughs> I do think they start on the 28th. 28th. Yeah. Um, in New in York City. And yeah. tickets are on sale now. So you can actually go to the New York Auto Show's website and uh, buy tickets now. They went on sale on Black Friday. So tickets are on sale now. And get them while you can because they're going to sell out. The New York Auto Show uh, yeah. markets these quite, uh, um, in quite a hefty way. And they do a lot of advertising. And these tours tend to sell out. So uh, get your tickets now. Thanks for joining us, Kelly. No problem, Scotty. Thanks so much. Wow, she has so much energy. I don't know how she does that. Plus, raising three kids. She no is kidding. A busy woman. So, what did you? What surprised you? She had some surprising things to say. What surprised you? Yes. So, um, the surprise for me was her dislike of minivans. I was just. I don't. I shouldn't use the word dislike. I don't think she said she didn't like it. She said it wasn't for her. But I also have three kids, and when mine were little, like hers are, I loved my minivan. I had two Honda Odysseys back to back because I loved it so much. I wanted a new one, and uh, my I loved. And, and and she talked about how, you know, she still has to lift her children into the seats, which I completely I remember those days. But I always felt it was so much easier to maneuver inside of a minivan for me to wrangle kids in and out of car seats than inside of a big SUV. Cause we did go from a Honda Odyssey to a big um, um, GMC Yukon XL. So I went into a giant SUV, three row SUV after the minivans, but I was so surprised with her experience with, with cars. She has a ton of experience to not like the minivan for her own family. I was very shocked. Yeah, I was surprised too. I remember seeing when she, posted on Instagram that she was getting a minivan. And I was thinking, whoa, because she does so many SUV reviews and seems to really like them. Um, so I think she she was really excited about the minivan. But I think, you know, sometimes you need just, I don't know, there's something a little more muscular and toned about an SUV that I think kind of feels good to drive or a minivan, you're just relaxed and I think a minivan maybe allows you to multitask a little more, um, but a, an SUV is more demanding of your muscle. 
And I think there, there are those of us who really like that. I, I like that feeling of being in control of a big vehicle. Yeah, she did say that. She said once she dropped the kids off, she didn't enjoy being in the minivan. Then, then she prefers a big SUV to get around town on her own. So she did say that. What I also loved hearing her say, um, because she has a lot of experience with family, car buying, family, um, expertise. She helps families, I believe, choose their vehicle and car seats and all of that expertise. I loved how she said you need to choose a car for the next six years or so. Like, mm -hmm. you know, some people buy cars more often, replace them more often, but some don't. But she, she said, you know, you have to think long term. Am I going to have another child? You know, she even alluded to the fact that she may want to have a fourth child. So her family, her and her husband are thinking six years. Like, is, is this a reasonable vehicle for us for the next, you know, five, six years. And I think that's really smart when, you know, from a consumer standpoint to look at cars that way. You know, it's so funny because we have talked about car buying and finance and all these other elements. And that's the one thing people don't tell you is, you know, how long, what's the lifespan of this car in your driveway in your life? And um, it, you might think, I mean, I think people do this all the time where they buy like that dream car, they buy that, you know, they buy an Alfa Romeo Stelvio or Julia or something. And it's like the dream car. And then boom, you got kid one, kid number one, and boom, you got kid number two. And you're still like, you know, haven't even finished paying off your car. And you were hoping to be payment free. And now you're going to have to go maybe um, even take a little, maybe not get as much for it because it is not because it's depreciated so much. Um, and I'm just using Alfa Romeo as an example, but it's a pretty sexy car. But you know what I mean? The, the kids don't really fit. The stuff doesn't really fit. It's not great for your family lifestyle. And uh, if you can really think down the road, um, that's, a, that's a, a good advantage. That was good advice. And I know that the people joining her tour at the New York Auto Show are going to have a lot of good questions and uh, a lot of good answers from Kelly. Yes, I think that's amazing that uh, she can take some consumers around the show and that she does her own auto show that's very uh, focused around right. family cars, which is very cool. Amazing, amazing. Takes a lot to put on an auto show. I can't even imagine how she does it. Yeah. So, well, thank you for joining me. Uh, and thank you everyone for being here for our conversation with Kelly Stumpy, the car mom. And thanks for joining us for What Drives Her, the podcast about women who are changing the automotive industry from the inside. Produced by A Girl's Guide to Cars, host me, Scotty Reese and Connie Peters. Edited by Steph Howard, music by Envato. And please follow us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.